Hello there, it's All-Ireland Football semi-final weekend and finally the meeting of Kerry and Tyrone after a controversial Covid-ridden build-up. Can Tyrone cause a shock against the Kerry side, clearly intent on going all the way? Former Sligo star Neil Ewing tells us about his side experience with Covid last year and also gives his insight into the big game after 13 years playing for his county. Down native and Roscommon coach Stevie Poacher dissects Niall Morgan's impact on the Tyrone team and his kick-out strategy. Aoife Sheehan previews all the weekend's Camogie action and at the Tactics Board, Keith Higgins looks at the wonderfully balanced Kerry Challenge while Shane Dowling looks back on another golden weekend for Limerick Hurling. Now, delighted to have Neil Ewing with us. Neil gave 13 years in the Sligo shirt and one of his county's greatest servants in that time as well. Neil, how are you? Very well, Damien. Yeah, uh, delighted to speak with you. Yeah, great to have you on the show. Just before we talk football, Neil, uh, I guess last year... Uh, obviously, Sligo's championship preparations were, were hit by COVID and a withdrawal from the championship. In the past few weeks, we've seen it with Kerry and Tyrone as well. Could you just talk us through the frustrations you experienced in that time, Neil? And obviously, you guys had to withdraw. Uh, it wasn't the same for Tyrone. Could I just get your, your feelings, I suppose, generally, before we get into the actual match chat? Yeah, well, I suppose for myself, uh, it was probably a little bit different in that I was suffering with an injury at the time and uh, was going to be unavailable for, for the game itself. Um, but I know uh, the group, uh, they had put a lot of effort in um, you know, when we were able to get back after the club season, um, you know, a, a huge few weeks of training. Um, you know, very young group uh, looking forward to to testing themselves against Division One opposition in Galway, obviously Connacht semi-final. Huge opportunity for the group, um, with with the preparation of been put in, to get so close to the game, um, and you know for something that you you have very little control over to to take the opportunity to go, to go out and test yourself is it was hugely disappointing for the group and um, yeah probably um we've seen in the last few weeks, um probably a different approach um obviously it was a provincial semi final we were preparing for. This is an All-Ireland semi-final coming up this weekend, but we've seen a different approach taken by the GA, but probably, uh, most notably, a different approach uh, taken by Tyrone as well, I think. Um, you know, probably, from my own point of view, the options presented to, to Sligo last year were, were pretty limited in terms of what they could do, but Tyrone have, have probably played this one beautifully, and, you know, we've seen... Um, uh, probably a few uh, appointed statements from from both Tyrone and Kerry in the last number of weeks uh, that have brought us to this situation where where they've been able to get a fourteen day delay in in the playing of the All Ireland semi final. No, I, I do understand that. Um, you know, you go back to last October, November. It, w- it was probably very unknown and um, the impact that COVID could have over the coming weeks. And if every game, um was to start getting pushed out by, by two to three weeks. Um, you know, it, it could have had a huge impact across the championship. But uh, I think Tyrone have been very clever in, in terms of how they've played. Um, they've probably played Curry on this. They've played the GA, And uh, it probably speaks to the to the, the intellect uh, of some of the people involved uh, behind the scenes at administration level in, in Tyrone. Uh, if not the 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 acumen of uh, of maybe Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar as well, two two very astute characters, and obviously Fergal Logan's uh, professional background maybe helped in, um, his expertise in terms of being able to word some of these statements. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I think um they they've they've shown other counties may, maybe how to play a ball if they're caught in similar situations. I think even for myself, it may actually be interesting 
going into the club championship season across the country, if there is similar situations in counties throughout Ireland, then um, this precedent of how the GA have been able to facilitate Tyrone, um, it, it'll be interesting how that, how that plays out in, in counties uh, across their club yeah. championships. Before I leave you go, can you, can you briefly give me your opinion on the big match of the weekend, uh, Curry versus Tyrone? Uh, I suppose an, an all-explosive Curry team against the Tyrone team that uh, is probably in transition, but uh, I suppose your brief summary, Neil. Even without the COVID situation in Tyrone, it was already going to be a fascinating game, given probably the league game interly earlier this year. Um, a first All-Ireland semi-final for, for Tyrone under Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar. Um, but, you know, COVID has obviously added a lot of unknowns into that in terms of, you know, the impact it will have on Tyrone, uh, the impact it'll have on Kerry. I, I actually remarked it uh, after the provincial final, the Munster final, uh, Paul Murphy uh, came out and said... He was a little disappointed they had a, a three-week break to a semi-final rather than the usual uh, two-week break they had uh, this season up to that point. For that yeah. to be extended to five, I'm sure, is extremely frustrating for the Kerry players. You know, at this time of year, you, you know, you've seen the weather we have. You just want to be out, out playing football and you want to be playing games. You don't want to be training. Um, obviously, Kerry, you know, some very successful minor teams over the last few years, but, you know, it's seven years since they won the first of those five in a row minor titles. So, you know, those guys are coming to 24, 25, coming, coming towards their peak. So it's going to be time for them to start producing. For Tyrone, Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar have come in. Probably there was initially a bit of idealism where they were going to go sort of, you know, a little bit more gung-ho and attack. But I think some of the, their league performances and, and uh, the realities of Ulster Championship have have brought them back towards more the system that Mickey Hart had implemented. And, you know, to be fair, Tyrone are one yeah. of the counties I would hugely admire across the country. I think, you know, they're making the absolute most of the players they have available to them uh, with, with the tactics that they, they employed under Gavin Devlin and Mickey Hart. So, you know, I think that hybrid of, of, of the attacking play that Logan and Dewar are going to like to bring uh, combined with, with some of the Mickey Hart um, uh, realistic tactics needed to be successful. Uh, is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, obviously, you'd love if, if COVID hadn't impacted the, the preparations. Huge amount of expectation on Kerry. Probably an air of disappointment, I, I would say, from Kerry that they're not going to be the ones that get to Detroit and Dublin. You know, Mayo have done that from them, but it's probably only added to the expectation. Whereas Tyrone are coming in with, with zero expectation. And, you know, the, the COVID situation has impacted on that. A defeat for Tyrone, Ooh. and there's going to be a definite narrative that you know COVID fed into that. Um, no matter no matter how it plays out, so, um, you know I think okay, that's probably only only going to add to the pressure on Kerry. So you know definitely going to be fascinating to see to see how both uh, both sides uh, cope with the different strands that that I've mentioned there, and yeah, really looking forward to how uh, how Kerry will have used these few weeks to tactically um, set themselves up to go at Tyrone. But also, Tyrone are going to bring something different to the table. We've seen Niall Morgan in the Ulster final uh, probably spent more time out around midfield than he did inside his own 13-metre line. So, you know, the different dynamics there are going to be really, really interesting. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to a great battle in Crow Park tomorrow evening. And great that we're going to have some supporters in, you know, um, the atmosphere that that's going to bring and, and the impact that will have on the players as well. Um, it'll obviously be the biggest crowd both, both Kerry and Toronto have played in front of for, for quite some time. So, hugely exciting game. Neil Ewing, thanks so much for your time and we'll talk to you soon again. Thank you very much, Damien. Now, 
down Stevie Porter is one of Gaelic football's best-known coaches. This year he was with Roscommon, whilst he also played a leading role in Carlo's revolution with Thurlow O'Brien. Stevie, you're with us to look at Niall Morgan and his impact on the Tyrone team and just maybe pinpoint exactly what that role is. So I suppose, first of all, how important is Niall to Tyrone and why? Well, absolutely vital. Absolutely vital, Damien. Uh, I think kickouts are going to play a massive role on, on, on Saturday, in fact. You know, Niall obviously coming out against Monaghan and blocking the space off for Rory Began was a huge aspect of that game. Uh, Tyrone will put an aggressive press on Ryan. I, I don't think the Kerry goalkeeper has been fully tested yet against Clare or Cork or Tip on his own kickouts. Uh, Niall obviously on, a, on his own kickouts now has options, which he probably never had before. If you go back to the final, they were beaten in by Dublin. You know, when Dublin put the massive press on Tyrone, Tyrone just did not have the physicality to get out, but... With the likes of McKe- with Kennedy and Kilpatrick in the middle of the field now, Conor McKenna is floating about. Donnelly can come out from full forward and create an extra pod. You know, McKenna's flick on against Monaghan, I suppose, in the last minute, where Morgan went right over the top of the Monaghan press. Damien, you know, almost flicked on. It could have been walked mm. into the net only for the famous uh, uh, tackle from, uh, from from Rory Began. But look, in the Munster final, Damien, uh, Kerry got 2-4 off the court kickout. I just don't think Niall Morgan uh, is as naive as goalkeeper as that, and I don't, I can't see Kerry really, really hurting Niall Morgan. But Niall Morgan's influence in this game on Saturday would certainly, certainly will be huge. Uh, Kerry, Kerry pushed up so much on Cork, and in the second half, White went over the top, but they still gobbled that up. So, what options is Niall Morgan on Sunday? If he goes short, Kerry going to push right up. If he goes long, you'd imagine that the, the Kerry half back line of David Moore will try and gobble that up too. So, where does he go, Stevie? Well, I'll tell you, Damien, I just think people are very, very quick to sort of look at Tyrone. And I know Sean Kavanagh, before the Donegal game, was maybe critical of the team selection, the fact that they'd maybe picked four or five defenders in the forward line and the likes of that. But I'll tell you what Tyrone have, Damien. If Tyrone goes short, Tyrone have a serious running game. You know, the likes of Sludden, Hart, McGeary, Myler. These guys are all really, mm. really good ball carriers. Really good ball carriers. You know, can break lines, can break tackles, can make gains. You know, and that's, just, that's something that's always been synonymous with all Tyrone teams from underage level, watching them through minors under 21 school football have come up against them over the last 12 years and I can tell you now they're all very very good footballers on the ball and sometimes on Tyrone, okay. Tyrone don't probably get the credit they deserve for that you know Then Stevie in terms of when Kerry are, are, are on the ball will Morgan risk it in a big game like this will he play that maverick uh, maybe blocking the Kerry kick out run to midfield or are the stakes simply too high now what's your opinion on that? Well, listen, as I said, uh, Damien, it's high-stakes poker. You know, at the end of the day, risk and reward. You know, you risk something, you get rewards. Like Niall, obviously, you know, Kerry won't really have been tested fully on their own kick-out. They got one six off their own kick-out against Cork in the Munster final. Jerome will obviously be wary of that. Kick-outs have become a huge part of the modern game, Damien. You know, at the end of the day, kick-outs are launch pad for attacks. Tyrone have realised that in the in the Ulster semi-final against Donegal when they went a man up they went really really hard after Sean Patton's kickouts and for me Sean Patton's one of the best in the game they went really after uh, uh, Rory Beggins kickouts with Niall Morgan coming out and playing under the Hogan stand or under the Cusick stand depending on what side they had the spur man on on that day so there's it's absolutely unquestionable that they'll go after Ryan's kickouts on Saturday and I have no doubt about it at all that Niall Morgan will come out and will produce that extra man at times because Tyrone will probably need it when Kerry do go with that sort of 4 five, 5 formation press that they like to do on opposition kickers. It's just unbelievable talking to you, Stevie, the evolution in the game that filling the space on the opposition kick-out is now the job of the, the, the goalkeeper. It's not the job of the goalkeeper, but they see it in the job description. It's just the role has changed so much in a pretty short space of time. Would you agree, Stevie? 
Yeah, absolutely, Damien. But I think people forget as well that when Dublin went down to 14 men against Kerry a number of years ago in the in the All-Ireland Finals, Cluxton. you know, Stephen Cluxton on the Dublin press, Stephen Cluxton came out and actually marked a corner forward from Kerry, you know. So yeah. this is yeah. something that was creeping in maybe a number of years ago. It's just that probably Rory Began and Niall Morgan have taken it to an actually different level altogether. But we've also got to remember as well that not all goalkeepers can do this, Damien. You know, Rory and, and, and Niall both play out the field sometimes for their club teams, you know, so they are competent outfield players. And I think sometimes you've got to be careful that you, the, the personality in nets needs to fit the position as well and, and athletically as well because goalkeeping okay. now is just as important as outfield players. Two short questions for you before you go, Stevie. Uh, will Kerry be distracted by this or will they have a serious plan in place for all of Niall Morgan's impact and his kind of appearances all over the pitch? Well, listen, you know, Damien, I don't want to use the words uh, arrogance, but there is a, probably a confidence within the Kerry camp that they're probably relying so much on their own game, on their on their, on their their offensive scoring power. You know, they've, they've scored 320 on average in the championship this year, albeit against Tip, Clare and Cork. They've got firepower up front. You know, everyone talks about Clifford and Paddy Clifford and these guys, but like Shawnee O'Shea is sitting with 224, 113 from play. So they'll be looking at their own forward line mm. thinking, look, if you score 20, we'll score 21. That's that's the probably the mentality in Kerry. Uh, you know, this. There's there's unquestionably question marks over them defensively, of course. Like so, they have their own uh, issues to deal with there. So, listen, I think Kerry will be focusing on their own strengths, Damien, and looking at their own game, and probably thinking to themselves, "Well, if we can get enough ball into our forward line, we win this game." In a word, Kerry or Tyrone? No team are better with their backs to the wall than Tyrone, and I just have a sneaky feeling that Tyrone will take this to the wire, Damien. You heard it first here, Stevie Poacher. Thanks so much for your time, Damien. Thank you. It's also a big weekend for the Camogie Championship, All-Ireland semi-finals in Croke Park on Sunday and looking very much like a, another uh, Galway-Kilkenny final in some people's eyes, Aoife Sheehan, but it's not necessarily going to be that straightforward, Aoife, either, is it? No, and for, for Galway especially, the thing that would worry me for them is that, you know, they've had a four-week layoff and it's it's hard then coming in cold, I think, to a semi-final. Um, you know, Tipperary had a good win last weekend against Waterford and, and Waterford were impressive. They were very tough. They were very intense in, in their tackle and everything like that. So I think that game is really going to stand to Tipperary. And look, you know, for Tipperary, it's mm. their four consecutive um, win in the quarterfinal stage. They'll be looking to try and hit that final for the first time since 2006. Um, and you know what it could it could be the year they do it if they can start well and um, you know because their centre forward line or their half forward line especially is very impressive so you've got Orlo Dwyer you've got Roisin Howard and you have Emer McGrath there and they all chipped in with scores last weekend so you know it's not just the Cote Van show anymore they're they're helping her out mm. and um, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tipperary asked an awful lot of questions of Galway this weekend I, I watched Galway play uh, well, I suppose I watched Galway play Camogie in the last two finals Aoife and uh, you'd imagine there'll be women on a mission this time around. And yet the point you mentioned, like it took Tipperary quite a while to put Waterford away uh, last weekend and even Waterford kept going to the very, very end. But the likes of Roisin Howard really stepped up on the Waterford puck out as well. And do you think that maybe, I suppose, is is there a balance now, Aoife, between Tipperary being that tenacious against Galway or maybe being a little bit leg weary? Could that come into it? I do like I just think Tipperary are very strong down the middle. So even if like you know you look at Mary Ryan fullback, Karen Kendi centre back, Irina Friday's doing very well at midfield. You know it's they've an awful lot of strength and depth um, this year. Mm. So like with with um, with Roisin under as you mentioned the high ball, like there's no football going on either. Um, you know they're, they're concentrating solely on Klamogi. Roisin's obviously a very good dual player. So I just think mm. things you know could be aligning well for them. With Galway though, look. 
such an mm. impressive team the last few years. Um, the final last year, you know, they were unlucky as well against Kilkenny. Completely brought their A game that night, you know, and they, and they um, they they were just a bit shell shocked. I think even in the second half. But it's it's for for Galway. I just find that they have so many good Camogie players that it's it's sometimes it's hard for them to get the balance. Um, especially in their forwards of you know who are the best six to start with. Um, and and sometimes that that can be more of a hindrance. Sometimes I suppose you'd even see it with their hurlers sometimes too. You know they've so such a pick and they have so many players that it's it's hard to put your best fifteen out in the field sometimes. Um, but look, I mean Neve Kilkenny at midfield. Um, and I think she might be partnered even with with Neve Panafi this time. And the move of Aoife Dunne who up to um the forwards this year has has proven really really well for them. Um, Aoife is such an impressive versatile player, but you know she pops up with the scores. Um, so it is it is it's going to be a very interesting first semi final. Um, um, this weekend, I think it's it's very hard to call. I I just think that um, if Tipperary can get a good start um, and kind of you know throw the monkey off their backs of just being semi finalists for the last four years, then you know they could you know throw up a surprise this weekend. Plenty to look forward to on both teams there at four o'clock. Then uh, Cork take on Kilkenny, and you just look at maybe the Kilkenny team over the last uh, year or so. Brian Dowling took over, continued on the great work from Anne. Um, how do you see this game going firstly, Eva? Well, first of all, I think like from last year's semi-final, I think Paddy Murray will have been looking forward to have having another crack at Kilkenny. Um, at this stage especially, you know, I think he was, um, I think it was annoyed really in the post-match interview even last year that, that Cork hadn't stuck to their game plan. You know, and, and a few things broke down for them in that game. So for Cork, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they, like, the, you know, they did very well in their the group stages of the um, of the championship. But, you know, they're a young team as well. They have a few, you know, young starters. Um so it'll just be interesting to see where that goes. For Kilkenny, a good win last weekend in a very one-sided game, you know, against against Wexford, and that and that's not been, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. And um, Wexford are, are building, you know, so it's they're a new team, um, coming out. But for um, for Kilkenny and Cork, I I just think Kilkenny will have enough, and they will they are stronger. Like you know, they've they've brilliant backs. You've got Davina Tobin, she's one of the best man markers in the game. Um, Claire Feeling as well, Colette Dormer, you know, Megan Farrell. They're they're just excellent at. Stopping and stifling out um any attacks that that will happen, um and I I, I just do think that um you know they they will have enough for Cork this weekend. It'll still be it'll still be a battle and look their age old rivals. I grew up watching a lot of Kilkenny and yeah. Cork games as well, but I I just do think that um Kilkenny will have enough for them. Eva Sheehan, thanks so much for your time, and we chat to you ahead of the Camogie final again. Thanks, Damien. To the tactics board now, it's always great to welcome Shane and Keith back to the show. Uh, before we go into Kerry's uh, momentum for the weekend, Shane, I want to reflect on probably an ultimately competent and complete performance for Limerick Hurlers. I've never seen anything like it, the execution level in an All-Ireland final. You must be absolutely delighted with, with those lads and what they've done for the game. Ash, just deadly altogether, Demo, yeah, like, you know, I think... I was there at half time, like, and you know, you're in an All Ireland final, and you actually will. I realise, and especially I suppose when you're outside the bubble, it's a lot easier to to sit back and look at it compared to when you're inside. But like I knew, and everybody knew, or the majority knew, at half time the game was over, and to be able to say that in an All Ireland final is frightening, and especially here in Limerick. And I keep on going back to like you know. 
I, I'm just so well aware of growing up and for the, the good number of years when I started off playing that, that times were so difficult and just to see the whole thing turned around now and to be obviously the best team in the country but to have transformed the game in a certain to a certain degree as well uh, it was just unbelievable to see and uh, the, you know the boys just put in a, a, a display for the ages really and to be able to do that in All-Ireland final day again that's no coincidence uh, that doesn't just happen you know you, players just don't rock on and do that that comes from all the work that's done behind the scenes and obviously having a fair idea of what to do like it's only well deserved but I'd imagine from a Cork perspective they were quite disappointed in how they performed but uh, that's certainly not for us to worry about for now it's just great to be able to enjoy it and because uh, as I always say I mean you just don't know what's around the corner or what could happen so for now we'll certainly enjoy it Shane I suppose there's obviously been a lot of talk over the last week about the game and how well Limerick played and look when you see some of the players that they have there they're as good as players as what we've seen Looking at Paul Canuck's role again, there's been a lot of talk about what he does. But like, what does he bring to that Limerick setup? Or do you know, like, how does he get them to be the team that they are? First thing is that he's, you know, it's the type of guy that he is. He gets automatic respect. Like he's no, you know, there's no airs of grace. There's no egos with him. He's a real low key, unassuming guy to a certain degree. But I suppose when you get on the training pitch, you know, he he does grow a number of feet when he gets onto that training pitch because that's what he just loves doing. And I suppose the big issue I have keyed with with coaches and that that I've seen over the years is I suppose there's so many bluffers out there and there's so many lads that come down and throw down a few cones and do a hurling training session and you know go home and you might think that you have a good session done, but everything he does has such a relevance to it and has such a point to it that like he'll tell you why you're doing it the reason why we're doing it, you know, what what we're going to get out of it, why we're going to get this out of it, so that you will do this drill perfect, perfectly, so that you know by the time you take to the pitch, and, you know, muscle memory, as I say, it, to a certain degree, that, you know, you'll remember the stuff that you've done and why you've done it, and he will just have you so well prepared to what you're going to face coming up. And the reason he'll do them specific drills and the reason you know you'll be so well prepared is because you know in your heart to hearts that he's the homework done and he has the opposition team uh, looked at so intensively that you know you know that you're going to be spot on by the time you take to the pitch and that's why the, the players can generally uh, perform and take it out on, on match day because you've worked so hard towards doing what he's asked you to do. And Shane, I don't expect you to answer this. I just really want to cry on your shoulder, basically, because uh, if Tipperary were going to challenge you, I think Liam Cal was was definitely the, the 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 main choice to try and revitalise Tipperary for the next couple of years. But he stuck with Waterford, Shane. I suppose were you surprised at that from an outside point of view? I wasn't. I wasn't. I suppose I thought about it there last week, and and what I came up with there was that. I think he's a better chance of winning All-Ireland with Waterford than he has with Tipperary. I mean, that's the first thing. Now, the second thing is he has never hid, uh, you know, that he wants to manage the Tipperary senior hurling team. That's where his heart will probably always be. Um, but, you know, if you're with a group for two years, Damien, no matter where you're from, I'd imagine that, you know, you, you become so close with a, with, with a group after working so hard with them. And to be able to walk away would have probably been the wrong thing to do, but people would have totally understand if he did do it. Uh, but from a Tipperary perspective, I'd imagine there'd be a lot of people disappointed. Um, but I suppose the other side of it too is they say he had the job two years ago or three years ago until Liam Sheedy came in and, and he got it so... Uh, maybe now it's up to someone else to try to come in, transform the team, leave him do his business business with Waterford and if the opportunity arises down the road I'd imagine he'll take it but it's definitely a blow for Tipperary, there's no two ways about that. Yeah, you can sing that. Uh, Keith, I'll leave the last couple of minutes to you then. Um, we've been chatting a lot about Tyrone in this week's show and maybe the chaos that Niall Morgan will cause and I suppose the transition from maybe the all-out defensive game into maybe being a bit more expressive. 
How do you see Kerry's challenge, uh, Keith? They haven't been massively tested this year yet and they've had a while to wait for the semi-final. So will they hit the ground blazing or will it be a little bit interrupted of a performance, do you think? Yeah, look, I suppose you kind of hit the, the nail on the head there with two of the main points. Obviously, looking at their games they've played so far in Munster, they haven't been tested. Um, you know, people talk about that first 10 or 15 minutes, the cork putting against them and I think just Curry were just slightly off at that stage once they got to grips with it it was all one way traffic the five week layoff will be a bit of an issue for them it's not ideal for any team to be off for five weeks you know especially with I suppose the interruption in the middle of it knowing whether the game is going to go ahead or not but yeah look I think given the characters that are in that Curry team I think they're going to come out all guns blazing at the start they'll be fired up for it they'll be flying around the place I suppose the question is how sharp they'll be to match that you know after five weeks of not playing a game you know, it's not like they could have gone back and played club championship or had challenge games or anything like that. So I suppose the challenge for them will be what their in-house games have been like over the last number of weeks, just to see how sharp they will be. So, you know, you mentioned Niall Morgan there as well. You know, you look at the way Kerry have been pressing opposition kickouts in all their games this year. It's very aggressive. They're putting four, if not five, into the full, full forward line at times. So, like, Niall Morgan's kickouts will have a bit big impact on the game, but... Yeah, look, you can look at so many points in that pitch between the matchups, the Curry full forward line, Tyrone full forward line. But ultimately, like we've talked before and we've talked a lot about Tyrone this year and how they've been trying to play this more attacking brand of football and that more kicking. You could see a case where they need to revert back to type um, on Saturday at Curry because, you know, I don't think they can have a case where they just leave Hamsey and Ronan McNamee with the likes of Clifford and Sean O'Shea inside and just go, right, we'll, we'll play our attacking football. They're going to have to drop men back with McGeary and these guys. So I don't be, think it'll be a case maybe just having one sweeper. I think they'll look to get numbers back and play a kind of a, attack or a running game then against Kerry. So, um, yeah, so many questions then around Tyrone as well. But mm. look, when you don't know the ins and outs of exactly what's happening up there. It's kind of hard to, to we'll go into that in much detail. We've yeah. never really had to analyse a game where a team has been missing 17 players due to COVID or anything like that over the last number of weeks. So um, that's a really difficult one. But... Yeah, look, this is the big courage to see if they're real All-Ireland contenders and like I think you'd imagine they'll get over the hurdle in fairness. Key, to be fair, I suppose, if we have to call a spade a spade, like, Tyrone surely have no chance here. If they've had players hospitalised with COVID and sick from COVID and missed so many weeks of training with COVID, sure there's no way they could beat a Kerry team that have the, the, the firepower that they have, like, is there? I mean, I know we can talk about <laughs> it and, you know, we can say, oh, God, and maybe they'll be fine, but... Jay's looking in like sure they must have no chance. And I said that with the greatest respect because like if, if any team is snooker like they are, I mean sure like I don't know, I just don't see it anyway. Yeah, look and again, I suppose we mentioned on this show, I think it was three weeks ago when the whole thing broke first about COVID and up in the Tyrone camp and you know, I said at the time we've heard seventeen players have tested positive whether the and but we don't know whether lads had symptoms, whether or not I think we've heard one or two players maybe hospitalised, so you know, I listened to Jeff Rielinski even do an interview there during the week about the go-under 20s and the, on the COVID cases they had. He said it was very energy sapping from them. So you would imagine if there's a real impact from the COVID on as many as 17 of the Tyrone players, yeah, you wouldn't give them a chance. But I just feel, particularly with the likes of a Tyrone, they will, their backs will be to the wall. You know, they'll have that chip on their shoulder. They'll set up defensively. They'll annoy Kerry. They'll get in their face. You know, whether they'd be able to sustain that for 75, 80 minutes is probably unlikely. So, yeah, you would. Logic would say they shouldn't have a chance. It was, look, you know, logic would have said Mayo shouldn't have bet Dublin either. But, um, you know, you'd give them a half, you'd give them a bit of a chance, to be honest. But, yeah, like I said, logic would say it has to be carry all the way.
Okay, Keith and Shane. Shane, we'll have to try and get you to be a bit more straight talking in future. Um, Shane and Keith, <laughs> thanks so much for your time as always on the Championship. That's it for this week's show, folks. The programme was produced by John Farrell, from myself, Damien Lawler, and from Keith and Shane. Stay safe and we'll chat again next week. 